The Strut is a presentation of 5403 Productions. The Strut would not be possible without the generosity of our newest friends of the show. Strut Nation thanks you for your support. Dan Sign Realty, CCU Class of 2001. Dan Sign at Dunes Realty Sales is Realty Done Right. Hanley's Pub, Andrew Hanley, CCU Class of 2002, the official pub of the Strut Podcast and is located in Carolina Forest. We will CCU at your local pub, Hanley's in Carolina Forest. Dr. David Turner, Doctor of Chiropractic, CCU Class of 1997 of Impact Chiropractic. He's been practicing in Conway for 20 years. Dr. Turner believes in a proactive, wellness-based approach to achieving optimal health and function for the entire family. At Impact Chiropractic, we work hard to grow healthy kids rather than fixed, damaged adults. Bob Baldwin, CCU Class of 2011. When you think coastal and your marketing needs, think coastal marketing. Go see Bob Baldwin at Coastal Marketing. Coastal Marketing is the official merchandise supporter of the Strut Podcast. TD all started. It's okay. We're recording now. No, well, no. TD, it's a Sunday strut. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm Travis Daniel, <laughs> former player. Uh, Mr. Deceiving, Mr. Deceiving, stats lie. Um, man, Joe why, Sean, why are you hating on me, There's man. a show. Joe, There's a show. There you go. Oh, man. Hey, welcome in to the Sunday edition of the, uh, the strut podcast, the Sunday strut. Um, it's about uh, 7.30 here on Sunday night. Uh, coming to you from three corners of the state uh, with Joe Cashin, Info Nexus, and Steve Chili Childers. And uh, gentlemen, I'm, uh, you know, it was, uh, man, we got a lot to unpack in, a, in about a 35, 40 minute period, right? We got a lot to unpack. So we'll, we'll get right into it. And, um, and I'll say it right off the get go before we get into our normal structure. But I think old number seven, and I ain't talking about Jack Daniels, I think old number seven showed a lot of people what he could do when he got an offense that better aligned with his talents and his experience, man. I'm, I'm super proud of what Jared did, man. I'm, I'm super excited about how he can, uh, how he can play the next four or five games and uh, stay healthy and keep leading his team. And, and what an opportunity, Joe Chili. I mean, to take this opportunity that he's been given that he's been waiting on. Right. But under circumstances, right. I, I think he would choose that it would be for better circumstances, but it's his time to step up, and he did. I think it's um, just one of those things where it's like perfect circumstances or the perfect storm, whatever term you want to use there, kind of align itself to happen. Because I think all of us know, all of us being the three of us, anybody who listens to this or is a coastal football fan knows that Grayson did a terrific job running Jamie Chadwell's offense, and he was you know learning the Beck system as you saw him get better and better each week. But like oh, man, we said in the last podcast, we all three felt that Jared Guest was going to have better opportunities to show what his skill set was when it came to running this offense. And we, we referenced that in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited, like you guys are, to see what he's going to bring us going forward because 
there was some terrific throws and catches last night. I looked at you, Joe, through the window at one of those yeah. Jared Brown catches, and you and I were kind of like, whoa, <laughs> you know, that was that was <laughs> awesome. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing what else happens here. See, I'm gonna go back to I'm gonna go back to the first of the year in our New Year's resolutions as to what I saw last night. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go back to what this team needed to be with a new coach and with Grayson coming back in a new system. I wanted to see a team that wasn't wholly reliant from top down, inside and out, on number 10. Now, listen to what I'm saying. I, I want 10 out there, right? He, he's the guy, and he's been the guy for three and a half years. Face of the program, three-time player of the year in the league for a reason, right? We had to go without him last night. And may have to go without him, you know, an indefinite period of time going forward. That's kind of what all indications are about. If any, you know, whatever what we saw last night is that that's what we continue to see. We're going to be in we're going to be in pretty good shape. But we had a team last night that played with a level of confidence, mm-hmm. uh, energy, yes. you know, want to. They didn't skip a beat because Tim wasn't out there. I, I, you know, again, I'll go back to what I said earlier this year. I felt like. You know, there was so much pressure from the top down. If we didn't have 10 on the field, that just affected everybody. That affected everybody inside that organization. You know, and it wasn't good. It was like, if we don't have him out there, it's kind of like, oh, what are we going to do now? We didn't see that last night. We didn't see that at all. We saw a team that played with an enormous amount of confidence. Like, they went out there. They were going to win the game. I had a guy who's close to the team every single day. We were talking at halftime. He's like, I hadn't. So I hadn't seen this kind of confidence without 10 on the field since I've been around. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly right, right? I mean, we 27 to 6 at halftime. No game pressure whatsoever in that game from Marshall mm-hmm. last night. I mean, we came out right away. Jarrett, first pass, he rips one 39 yards down the field to Jamison Tucker. Here I am sitting there last week thinking, hey, let's dump it off a little bit. Let's throw a screen or two. Let's get him. Uh-uh. Ooh. No, we're not worried about that. He's going to be <laughs> – we're, we're going for the downs on the first play. And like Chili just mentioned, he's ripping balls in there last night to receivers. They're like, whoa, you look at that arm talent, right? That's what a lot of people behind the scenes have known and seen for several years. And last night it was on display in front of everybody. But that team played with confidence. They played with energy. They played with an edge. We missed him, and we're going to miss him going forward, however long that is. But we're now at a place where, hey, next man up. If it's Jared Gast, we're going to go out there and get after you. That's what that team did last night. It was so much fun to watch. Yeah, again, hey, I, t- I tell you what, uh, the thing I enjoyed was too was watching Tim engage and interact with yes with the team. Right, he didn't get over there. He didn't get a you know. Sometimes you see this right as a former player. You get over there and you see a guy in a hoodie and he's all sideways and he's kind of moping around and he's looking up in the stand. Tim didn't do that, man. And somebody all you know saw the picture at the end, you know at the end of the night where you know he took a picture of Maddox and I talked to him five five or ten minutes. I told him I was proud of him, man. I told him proud of the way that he handled himself on the sideline, how he's engaged. I told him, hey, his health is more important than this game, right? This game is just a game, period. But his health is more important. Whatever's going on, that's more important. The excitement I had was largest crowd in school history, brand name opponent. We held them to two field goals. I know we're going to unpack a lot of this, but they, I mean, they didn't scratch 300 yards of offense, right? This is the same team that, we had three and a half quarters of, unless, Joe, I know you're looking at your stats, unless I'm looking at the team stats wrong on our website, 
No, you're 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 right. You're absolutely I'm, right. Uh, they they two eighty three. They didn't they didn't scratch three hundred yards of offense. And this is a team that just a week ago was in an absolute dogfight with JMU, uh, no pun intended, um, where it was a three to two ball game at the beginning of the fourth quarter, if I remember correctly, right? And here we come out, and I mean, Jared Guest accounts for three touchdowns. And then we get Vasco in the game. How about Blake Bodie? I got to see, got to see Blake Bodie in the game, you know. And then we had we had our second deep and three deep on offense and deep. I mean, if I'd have told you Wednesday, Thursday, Friday before this game that you'd see some some two deep guys on offense and defense, and maybe some even three deep guys towards the very end of the fourth quarter get out there, you'd be like, oh, were we getting beat that bad, or were we winning that? Bad? I mean, it was. That, like you said, the arm talent, we saw that in, in a very small sample size at Duquesne, right? And everybody's like, oh, it's Duquesne. And we said it right on this podcast. I don't care if it's Duquesne, Duke, or Bama. I don't care. He threw that post on a frozen rope versus Duquesne. It didn't matter. Nobody was going to catch that ball. I mean, nobody was going to defend that ball, intercept that ball. But the defense, five turnovers. I mean, that's the thing I'm going to talk about tonight. I know the main storyline is Jared Guest, Jared Guest, and and McCall. But if we don't talk about this defense, this defense held them to 280. What was it, Joe? 200 total, 283 yards? 283. 283, y'all. I'd like to get y'all's thoughts on that. Before we get into the offense, I think we need to talk about this defense and what we've done the last couple weeks, man. Well, we got to talk about talk it. I mean, about that's, defense in some way when we get to I it. Mean, so. Joe, you want to go we ahead and start? Got to, Joe. I'd well, love to hear your thoughts on it, man. Well, I mean, it, it's we we've got some guys out there that can that can go. I mean, it's clear that we can play some defense and get people off the field. I mean, you force five turnovers. You know, seven in two weeks that we've been able to force. That's the key to winning. That's a big key to winning. When we lost to Georgia State, Georgia Southern, we got one turnover, right? And that was a gift. The Georgia State punter just said, "Here, I don't want the ball. You guys take it." Right? Only turnover in those two games. We lost both those games. The last two weeks. Yeah. You know, big-time turnovers. We won the turnover battle in each of the last three games, and guess what? We've won those three games. Defense mm -hmm. was just fantastic last night. The four picks, you know, Michael Mason with the sack fumble right there on the one-yard line. You know, I mean, it, it's just guys breaking up passes. We're getting pressure on the quarterback, moving Fancher around, held Rasheen Ali, you know. Let's see, he didn't even right? get – what did he get, Joe? He got less than 80 yards, I thought. Hold on, hold on. I'll tell you, I got it right here. He got – he got uh, 52 yards, yards on 12 carries, right? 52 on 12. Wow. So, I mean, wow. people are worried about him, but he's a great running back, next-level guy, but our defense is right there. You know, when, when you play good defense and get stops, you win games. You turn people yeah. over, you win games. And that's, it, it was as simple as that. And, and you know, I, I thought a big – I thought a big – you know, if there was a key sequence in the game where there might have been some game pressure applied, it's when Jared Brown muffed the punt. You know, they, mm -hmm. they started deep in our end, and we held them to a field goal. Instead of it being 13-7 to seven and maybe starting to feel a little game pressure, it's only 13-3. to three. We come right back and score, and it's like, man, you know, great job by our defense. Our defense has given up 23 points in the last two weeks. That's the fewest uh, in back-to-back -back weeks in conference games since 2020, by the way. So it, it's, you know, the other thing is, too, I saw more – Joe, and I think you touched on it. And Chilly, you and I talked about it when we were watching the game. Um, there was just there was just more edge. And I don't mean like edge around the corner edge. I mean, there was just an edge. 
that everybody played two inches taller and 15 pounds heavier and a half a second faster. I know that sounds crazy for those who don't understand that. They just, they played bigger than what they were, man. And we're not a small team, but we just played bigger, faster, stronger. Um, and it has a lot to do with confidence, Chili. I think it has a lot to do with confidence, Joe, that this team, it took them the first six or seven games to do what they needed to do. Now, instead of having to think about what they're doing offensively and defensively, they're doing it, right? It's a it's reactionary, right? It's not they're having to go, okay, wait a minute. They're coming out in trips. Okay, this is a read. This is what Coach Niver talked about. That now it's they come out in trips. Nope. I know what I'm doing. Oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm gonna I'm gonna reposition or deke the other the you know the offensive player out to think I'm doing something else because we actually got them confused on a number of plays throughout the course of the evening. And uh, I want to touch on a stat real quick. Touch touches on defense. In in, in downs to convert. Marshall was six of 18. Third and fourth down, six of 18. Uh, that's 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 massive, man. That is absolutely massive. Um, we had we got, we got two sacks on them, but probably I don't know, man, seven or eight, nine good pressures too. And John, I know they keep that stat, but they don't see it here. But that's a stat too to think about is how many times did we not get to him, but almost get to him, which calls the an incomplete pass. They had a lot of drop balls last night. And I'll tell you what, a lot of drop balls came after. I think they were hearing some footsteps towards towards the mid, late second quarter and third quarter. You know, there were some balls that were behind, but there were a few catches that um who made the play, Chili Joe, on the Marshall sideline. It was like a about a five yard out convert. First down was a tight end. I think it wasn't one of our safeties or nickelback. I couldn't see the number. He absolutely smoked that kid. It was a we thought it was a fumble. Remember, I thought it was a chili. We thought it was a catch fumble. Who was that? I was trying to think about who that was, but that right there was another example, gentlemen, of we were just putting a hat on the ball all night. I'm not. I know what you're talking about. I can't recall the player myself right now offhand. I've got the stats pulled up, and that, yeah, that doesn't that doesn't come up in the stats like yeah. that. So I'm just I don't see who that person was, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Well. Just comic relief a little bit. I'd I'd like to I'd like to go back to one stat that I feel like we owe somebody something, Joe Chill. We owe somebody something. Kyrie that might that might have been Juwan Powell. Juwan Powell. I think you're right. Juwan Powell. Juwan Powell. PBU. Tobias had one, and so did uh, Tiokin. He had. I'm I'm sorry. Treon Slade had one too. Kind of late in the game. Might might have been Juwan that lit somebody up because he he can light somebody up. If I, I could take, I had to go back and look at the tape. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it up on NFL Network. I'd like to add one thing though. Um, <laughs> as you look through the passing stats, so I know we're about to bridge over the offense here in a short minute. But Kyrie Duplices, poor kid, his QBR rating's terrible. He's one for one on completion for seven negative seven yards to Vasco. We're gonna have to. We're going to, have to give that kid another chance to throw the ball before the end of the year. See if we can get that QBR up. A little I bit. see that as a positive. I'm gonna tell you why. That's one less person we got to worry about working in the rotation so we can get a little more streamlined who are playing a quarterback. So <laughs> do places you're off the table. We'll just keep it with guests. We'll keep it with Vasco, you know, maybe one or two other guys that have been working. So that's one less thing to worry about for us when it comes to our game planning. That's how I'm going to look at it. <laughs> I saw that stat and I said, man, oh, man, we got to give that kid a chance to put a ball again one more time before it's over here. Before well, I mean, over. you – I mean, you, you look at the Ark State game, 
you know, he, he put it right. He put it right. Davis and Tucker's got to make that catch. I mean, we, <laughs> I mean, DuPlacey threw the ball right there at the Orange State game and Tucker's got it. And they get bounced off his face mask or something like that. He can throw the football. It's just yeah. that, that play just never really, it, it just didn't have the spacing. Didn't uh, develop. It didn't develop, didn't develop short side yeah. of the field. Uh, tight, you know, we were inside the 25 or 30, if I remember correctly, but I had to pick on him a little bit, man, because that was, uh, you could take anything away from the passing game. That was about the only, uh, the only attempt that did not go our way most of the night. I mean, Jared Guess, 14 to 20, 289, three touchdowns, INT, but that INT was a joke. Man, they had Pinkney wrapped up better than a blanket on a baby, man. I mean, it was, they had his arms pulled back, man. It was, I was right there. We could see it, but, uh, um, Joe, Jill, we'll get right into it. What are some what are some of your points in the defense and offense before we bridge over into offense? Talk about Jared Guest defensively. What were some other things that you th- were takeaways, good, bad, or indifferent from yeah, last I, night? I mean, I I think we've said I've, I've said all I know I want to say about defense. I mean, forced a bunch of turnovers, got a bunch of stops, kept them out of the end zone, did what you had to do to win. I mean, this this defense is really playing better. And again, you force turnovers, you win. A two and three September turned into a three and zero October, primarily because we're winning turnover battles. You know, in my opinion, on defense. And, you know, we had Grayson kind of settle in and, you know, play with less pressure on himself in the App State game in the first three quarters of the York State game. And you had Jared Guest step in last night offensively and just, you know, <laughs> look like a guy that everybody except the public knew existed, right? Yeah, and I don't really have, yeah. like, defensive and offensive points on this. And I was, cause I was thinking about – I just put the blog up, and this is where I'm going with this, is – I noticed as I was going through the stats that there's not going to be a stat that jumps out at you unless you're like looking for something mm-hmm. that's for lack of a better word, sexy to talk about. And Jared guest was the one that we all kind of raised our eyebrows when we saw what he did and how he performed. But I, from my blog, I just posted, I'm going to read this quick little excerpt that we had seven different shots, carry the ball, seven mm-hmm. different shots, caught a pass, four different shots intercepted the pass and three different shots had a quarterback sack. And then we also had five more defensive players get a tackle for a loss. So that's just something I wanted to talk about too, is just not really an offense or defense thing per se, but to me, this individual idea, at least some of these people who we didn't talk about as much this year are beginning to show up. We're now at five and three, four games left on the season and there's a new cast of characters popping up. You know, we've had the ones we've talked about from day one, from kickoff, from before UCLA. We knew who the vocabulary was of the guys or the whatever you want to call it. But now we've got new names coming up and we're talking about that are making their way into the stat line week in and week out. And, I mean, it's all hands on deck. And I love the idea that we're now getting more of a team-type effort. Like, we didn't talk about Max Balthazar. We didn't talk about um, Javen Simpkins or Jamison Tucker or some of these guys in the very beginning of the season, but they're making their way into our, our you know, every podcast talk because they're making a major contribution now. So one thing I wanted to bring up was not necessarily a defensive or an offensive point, but we've got some really strong individual performances that are lifting our team up right now. That's three wins in a row coming off, you know, that insane road trip streak we had to go on with those three away games. Joey, I know you travel right along with them. I'm just thinking about those guys and how they're beginning to step up. And I went into greater detail in the blog this week about, you know, who did what and all that kind of thing. So just check out the blog if you want to see more about that particular thought. But my first thought was the strength of the individuals are making the team better. Mm. 
And you, and you saw that you saw that in the confidence last night. You saw that in the way that team played confidently, right? I mean, they, it didn't matter who was out there to them. They they're just going to go play. I mean, DeAndre Coleman, wide receiver. I mean, big time kid out of Alabama a couple of years ago, right? <laughs> he we throw that fade over there. It's like that's DeAndre Coleman making a touchdown catch. His first at Coastal. How about that? You know, Deion Fountain catching a huge third down pass. You know. Mm-hmm. First, you know, first, I think that's the first, you know, he's, he's caught this season. He's been in a couple of games. But, again, that goes to your point, Shelly. I mean, new guys are kind of emerging because we're playing with confidence. We're kind of coming together. It's like Coach talked about in post game, right? I mean, it's going to – it takes time when you get a new staff and a bunch of new guys together. It, it, during the course of the season, if you're doing what you need to do, you're being coached up and the, and the kids are listening and they're applying it and they're practicing that way, things will eventually coalesce. They'll come together. You may have some rough spots early. We had some rough spots early. Look at us now. We're playing pretty good football, right? I mean, we still have four games to go. Four games to go. You know, I don't know if we're going to get to the Sun Belt Championship. That's still a a hard bridge to cross right now because we're going to need to win and get some help. But we're one game away from bowl eligibility. We can still win. Obviously, we can win more games, but things are starting to come together. You know, it takes some time and it takes some patience like we talk about. And I think we're kind of seeing that come to fruition now as we are about to hit the month of November. And to add to that, too, too, Joe, talking about receiving core, three players had two catches. Three more guys had one catch. But then I was looking at that stat line where it's got, like, the number of receptions, their yards, touchdown, and then the longest reception. Out of those six guys, two guys, three guys had caught two passes. Longest reception was 31, 39, 31. And then the guys who caught the one catch deandre coleman had one for 27 the other two Mm -hmm. guys had one for seven and one for six but there's different guys making plays that's the point i'm trying to get at i agree with you joe 100 about that and what you just said too is just i'm liking these individual guys popping up right now at this time of year because you know i guess we're on the eve of the home stretch if you will yep and and here's the thing is the collective the collective, you know, the individuals to the collective good. You know, you got Jared Brown, you got Sam Pinckney, you got a couple of DeAndre Coleman, who, you know, scholarship guys, right? But then you've got, you know, folks like Fountain and Duplices and Alamo and, and, and again, Coleman after a couple of years and now Carr. You got guys that come from different paths, right? Some were scholarships, some were walk-ons, some were, you know, transfer guys. Coleman, you know, it took him almost a year and a half to really get healthy when he got here. Because I remember when he got here, there were some things they had a redshirt him for, and he's worked through that, got bigger, faster, stronger. I mean, that catch he made in that corner of the end zone, that was the type of dominant player that he was back in high school. And I'll tell you what, you get a Jared Brown, a Sam Pinckney, a Coleman, and then you get a Tucker and a Duplessis. You, you run four or five guys out there in constant three, four, five sets. Pick your poison, man. Pick your poison, right? There's no just one person making it. And to Joe, to your point, Penn's not having to carry the load even prior to his injury, right? Now, seven, seven's job is to, to facilitate and distribute, right? Get the ball. And then when how about when he broke when they when they when he broke containment and got out of the pocket? You know, everybody's like, he's not really much of a runner quarterback. That joker looked as swift as a daggum uh three-year-old doe running across the cornfield, son. He was getting it, son. He so was you're absolutely his skill set is misdeceiving to his run game. Oh, see, oh. there's yeah, they go. That's how about that. That's how about uh-huh. that stride, though, man. That stride was just he was stroking it. I mean, he he. I mean, he hit another gear and 
there he goes, you know, yeah. and it just looked like a gazelle just trucking it down the field. I thought we laid and I looked at each other. They're like, look at that, huh? We, but we look bigger, faster, stronger. And I said that in camp, right? Now you're starting to judge your point. Now that, and to Chili's point, the collective, the collective contributions are now allowing the individual athletes to play to their level in which the coaches saw that during camp, right? We talked about that. Like Jared Brown, I mean, how many tackles did he run through, right? How many tackles did Sam run through? How many, I mean, how many tackles did our running backs run through? And this was a, a front seven that we discussed during a weekly pod that's one of the best front sevens in the Sun Belt, quite frankly, one of the better you know front sevens probably in the top 50 in the country. They didn't – I mean, they didn't the, – We it never seemed in doubt, man. There was never a moment where you're like, all right, we can't move the ball three yards. Whereas about five weeks ago, it was like, ooh, let's just get three yards. Now it was like, oh, we only got three yards? Like <laughs> – it was it was fun to see. It's fun to see the evolution of this team, and see these guys coming to their own. But um, you know, like you said, Chili, there's some stats we can pull out. I know Joe's got some things he wants to touch on real quick. Real, real quick to your point about you know being able to move the ball three yards. I want to get some you know kudos to the offensive line. They graded out at 83 percent last night. 19 knockdown blocks in the game. Will McDonald at 91 percent was the highest graded offensive lineman, and our knockdown king was Dylan Luther. And we played 10 guys in there last night and uh you know those guys are just, just just continuing to get better are they there yet no but are they getting better yes joe you know what else didn't happen you know what else didn't happen for the first time in three games four games last night i picked on will about this his helmet did not come off yeah and it was it was zach elam with a helmetitis <laughs> last night zach lost it a couple of times in there old zach he's he's starting at center for us right now and he's he's a he's a tough that kid's a tough kid in there i like zach elam how about this though? You want to, you want to, uh, here's just a couple quick stats, Chili. I want to throw out there. So 21st downs, you know, I like this. I like to break down seven running, 10 passing, 100, 163 yards total net. Joe, I think, or Chili, was it you that, that really harps on the 150? Or is that what it is? The 150 watermark is if we get to I that. the discussion. I don't recall who said it, but I do know what you're talking about. I don't know. Who, yeah, I think, I, I think the 150, yeah, the 150 watermark is where we've got to get to. Maybe that was you, Joe. You'd like to see 150. You know, 150 and 250, right? Those are the numbers that if we hit those numbers consistently, we're going to be in the game. So we we had both of those. We were at uh, 282, but here's the best part. We are now 5-0 and when we do not pass the ball more than 29 times. Mm -hmm. guess was 15 of um, – uh, he was 15 of 22 – and or we were total 15 22 because that's right, do places to that point pass. But we were we only threw the ball 22 times. That comes from an effective run game in each week. And like, so to get a little helmet on for those listeners out there, when your run game gets a little better, now the front seven and the secondary have to acknowledge that in their game plan, where maybe the first three or four games we didn't, the last three or four games we have. So they have to acknowledge that. What that does is it allows lanes right behind that front seven to open up from the passing lanes. Then as they scoot back, Chile and I noticed this. They, they made an adjustment. And I keep saying that because Chile and I were up in the uh, – we had the alumni event this weekend. It was homecoming. Alumni board gets to go up to the president's suite just to hang out with our families and whatnot. It's pretty cool. But we were sitting there <laughs> – Chile. <laughs> we were sitting there, and but you could see after we hit them a couple big times, Joe, he and I, 
you could see the defense take about two yards back, right? They cushioned up a bit. They gave a little more, and that allowed for some of the larger runs. That that's gonna look, that, look that's a little foreshadowing in the next week because that's what ODU did to JMU. Man, they hit them late in the second half for I mean some they carved them up, and we'll get into that. But now that Joe and and I'd like to get yours and Chili's thoughts on this. Now that our run game is over 150 yards, I think the last three or four weeks. Correct me if I'm wrong, John. I know you got the stats there, but the last three or four weeks, we've gotten over 150 yards and over 250 yards of passing. They now have to balance their uh, their approach to our offense defensively, right? They have to acknowledge that both sides of the ball are being productive with less plays. And by doing it less than 29 attempts, that means they know that we're going to try to hit them for a 7, 9, or 13-yard pass play. Or a lot of these pass plays are – or dump-offs and flash screens and now patterns that, I mean, Jared Brown and them are just taking, you know, it's it's interesting to see that dynamic. But I'd like to get y'all's, your thoughts on that is as we've progressed the last four games in the Tim Beck, Travis Trickett offense, I'd like to be in the opposing team's film room the first four weeks versus the last four weeks. I'd like to get y'all's thoughts on that. Uh, the only thing I can think of, honestly, is what we've kind of said already is what everybody else is going to be saying as they get ready for us is we've got different people to look for because I think in years past you could kind of go, well, the offense goes through Grayson, so if we can kind of put what he does under wraps, then we've got a pretty good shot. I think now we've got all these different guys that have emerged and are emerging. That's going to make it more difficult. I remember as a basketball coach, if you had a strong starting five and no one stronger person was a good shooter or a good defender – if you got a strong five going across the board, that's going to be really hard to game plan for because you don't know what the strengths and the weaknesses are. So we've got guys, like we said a while ago, these different guys that are popping up. You know, who do you stop if somebody else is going to, you know, if you stop this one guy, the other guy should be uh, having a pretty good game. So it's really, really hard to kind of clamp down on one particular thing. It just, in my opinion, it's going to be very difficult for these next four games coming up. Yeah, we need Braden Bennett back. You know, yeah. we, we kind mm-hmm. of missed him. Our, our running back room was a little – you know, a little depleted last night. And, and our, t- our two leading rushers, I know we rushed for, you know, 145 net. Our two leading rushers last night were Ethan Vasco and Jarrett Guest, <laughs> our two our two quarterbacks. We really like to see if we can't, you know, that they, they you know, complement the run game when they have to. Not the, not the ones that were, you know, feeding the ball 15, you know, 10, 15, you know, 17 times a game. However, you know, you still want to go for that 150. You get there, you're going to be in good shape. And however you get there is how you get there. But uh, we need Braden Bennett back. It'd be great to get him back. Hopefully he will be ready this coming week at Old Dominion. I like to get a word in about just a week and the, and, and the night, the evening, whatever you want to call it in general. It was homecoming. And I honestly believe that's probably the best homecoming we've ever had. We had the record attendance that happened, uh, the game the way it ended, and it gave – me a chance personally to kind of connect with some people that I hadn't seen in a while and, you know, kind of get to know from the podcast. I also noticed this, someone tweeted this out and I just kind of found this amazing that so far this season in our home games, we are averaging 500 more people in attendance this year than the best year we've ever had, which was last season. So we, we are averaging about 500 more people coming to the games. Yes. That's 500 teal cheeks and teal, teal seasons, if you will. There we so, go, baby. So that's that's a very positive thing I'm, I wanted to bring up that this was one of the better homecoming just because of the outcome, the the attendance was there. As I was walking to the tailgate, Joe and TD, Dan Sign, 
one of our friends of the show stopped me because he saw my strut shirt dude, that you're wearing right now. He saw me with mine on and he goes, hey, strut podcast. And I said, hey, I'm chilly. And I kind of reached out to shake his hand. He goes, I would watch you guys on YouTube, but I just don't want to. And I said, is it TD? And he goes, yeah. So that was kind of funny. He doesn't want to look at us, but he wants to hear us. And Dan, I know you're listening and I appreciate that. Uh, Dr. Benson, thank you for your kind words and pointing out that kind word to TD. As we said oh. earlier, misdeceiving. The president of the university, Joe, is listening and he has heard misdeceiving. Well, we definitely appreciate his tuning into our, our podcast. Love, love well, Dr. Benson. And, and you, to your attendance numbers, those are not misdeceiving. We had correct. all those people there last night. And one more thing that's not misdeceiving is yeah, the video geez. that's come out on Twitter <laughs> of Josh Norman in post game. Did y'all see that tweet? Yeah, yeah, man. That's how cool, cool is that, man? That's how pretty cool, cool man. Yeah. I talked to Josh right there in the parking lot. He got he pulled up. He and I had a couple minutes. That was we get yeah, we've got we've had the same parking spot. We've been in the same area since after I graduated, man. So like a lot of the guys that come back, they'll they'll know they'll swing by, man. He I talked for about 30 seconds, but it was good to see him back, man. Did you get a strut hat? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I know, but we did sell some. That reminds me. Hey, that reminds me. Hey, Don Hovis, Sherry Johnson, uh, help me out, guys. There was a couple, four or five that I wanted to give a little shout out to. Um, uh, Jason Repack, to um, who else, man? Uh, there were so many. Uh, Wayne and uh, Wayne White and um, Trey White, they listened. Then there was uh, Brad Thompson, his nephews, the one on the offensive line. Uh, man, we, we had some people come up at the golf tournament, at the alumni scholarship golf tournament. Uh, Deacon, one Deacon that, Scott Ross was there. Deacon, Deacon Scott Ross was there. Uh, every, you Schmitty, know, saw Schmitty there. Schmitty you know, was there. A lot, of these, a lot of these folks listened to our podcast, man. It was great. Uh, Coach Schnall, appreciate a few minutes. Looking forward to covering basketball here soon. Uh, Matt Hurt, basketball uh, operations. He was at the Till Til Town. He and I spoke a few minutes. He's real excited to learn that we're going to be covering a team later this year. And so, and they all listen to the podcast already. So, again, just um, very grateful for those that show the support of the podcast. Again, we're giving some shout outs. We're name dropping because, um, you know, we, we appreciate, appreciate it. We, we appreciate, appreciate it, man. Them. We absolutely appreciate it. Um, and uh, uh, also to law enforcement at uh, the stadium. Cause y'all had your hands full with you know almost twenty two thousand fans there, student section man, great job, student section turned out. And to the Marshall fans, look, the ones that live here in Myrtle, the ones that drove in, flew in, however you got here, uh, kudos to y'all, man. Y'all turned out as well. It was a it was a great atmosphere. That's great what night, you want to see. Can we great do it night. again versus Texas State? Right. Let's have that. Can we have that same atmosphere versus Texas State? Well, speaking of great atmosphere, Joe is creating great atmosphere for himself and his Sun Belt Pick'em oh, week in and week out. Joe, you went five and two, and TD and I went three and four each. Um, we all missed Georgia State, Georgia Southern. Uh, Joe, you were sitting by yourself picking classless state over Monroe. We all got JMU beating ODU, but, man, that was a close one. Yeah. App State Sweating that one out, man. App State defeating Southern Mess, we all called. Uh, we all, I think we all missed We, we, that almost, we almost missed culture. that one. <laughs> yeah, we, we did. We almost missed that one. Yep. We almost did, man. I tell you what, I said it before we started recording. Dude, if he, if he loses that game, look, I've never, but mm, that, that some tough, real tough, acute conversations would have been 
Man, directly after that game, if they lose ULM on homecoming. Mm. And then the last one, um, Joe, you were by yourself in picking Troy where TD and I had Texas State. So I go on the Bobcat bandwagon. I get knocked right back off the Bobcat yeah. bandwagon week in and week out. So I don't I don't know what to do with Texas State at this point. Joe, yeah, you were see, five I, I ju- I jumped on the Georgia State bandwagon and look what happened to me. I got bum rushed uh, by the Eagles. Hey, Have y'all not noticed hey. the only bandwagon we can really count on is our own bandwagon? I said that's, that's it, man. That's it. No one circles the wagons better than the Strut Podcast. No one circles <laughs> the wagons. Fooey, fooey on the rest of them. What are the standings to it? Joe, how big am I up now? What, what, what's my lead now? TD, don't you find it interesting <laughs> that Joe wants to ask all these questions if we're about to wrap up and we get on this part? He wants to hear the numbers. So, Joe, you know, I'll go ahead and tell you the numbers since you're so anxious to hear it. Because, I do find the, it the, the, because the numbers are not misdeceiving, I promise you. Anyway, oh, God, oh my Joe, God. you are at 61 and 19. You have a four game lead over TD at 57 and 23. And I'm in last place with 54. And 26, but I am happy because I've got number 54. So, wait a minute, Chili, what am I at? What am I at now? What, what's my 57 right? and 23. You're three ahead of me. And, and Joe is what? Oh, Joe's man. 61 and 19. Joe, I need you to, whoever is on their bye week, I need you to pick by. Take the bye. Yeah, pick by on those bye <laughs> weeks over this week. Hey, I'll tell you what, though, man. Hey, we got we got uh, the battle for the belt this week. Battle for the belt. Mid- midweek game, Troy and South Al. Battle for the belt. Yep. Y'all want to well, do a quick rundown on what's coming up, and we'll wrap it up? Or Yes, let's right, run, run so it down uh, and wrap it up. Thursday, we have South Alabama at Troy. Monroe travels to Southern Mess. The culture oh, man. will face classless state. Kurt Signetti's cell phone travels to Hotlanta. The good guys travel to Old Dominion. Marshall goes to Crapalach and Stank. And Georgia Southern will travel to Texas State. I'll tell you what, there's going to be some separation. I I, want to say this before we get there. For those that listen, there are some intriguing games this week that there's going to be the – and I'll say it, and and we texted about this. There's the the, who we think is going to win – Versus the who we want to win or need to win, I think is a better way of saying it. And, you know, as much as we don't want JMU, you know, to to win out, we actually need them to beat Georgia State. That would be something to think about. Um, they're, they're, look, they're due to, they're going to drop one, man. They have flirted. Joe, you said it best before we got on. They flirted with losing the last two or three weeks. At some point, it, it's going to happen. It'll happen. It'll it'll happen. You know, it's definitely going to happen. happen always the does. Always does. You get, you get tripped up somewhere along the way. Well, it's definitely going to happen by the hey, the last week of the season. It's definitely going to happen. But we need it to happen again before that. So, all right, guys. So I guess Sunday strut number seven is in the books. Let's get a shots up. Hey, shots up. Have a safe and happy Halloween. There you go. Shots up. <laughs>